Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, good afternoon, middle of the day, middle of the country, middle of the dial, KMOX 1120, or you can follow Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y dot com, and you can follow me anytime, anywhere, any of the other shows on KMOX, always available and podcasted. So if you're listening to this show and you just can't remember or you couldn't figure out what that word was that I said, you can go back on odyssey.com and listen to the whole show if you'd like, or you can just rewind or... The, the feature my wife likes best is the one, you know, it's the, there's a mute button that when you press that button, all of a sudden it goes, yeah, well, maybe not, maybe not, but, it, but it, it might be a, you know, might be a valuable feature in, in uh, some places. A 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. Scott Mosby at your service as I have been for two and a half decades, uh, really enjoying this and uh, uh, um, traveling uh, sounds good in the future and I will come back and I will fill in for Rich Orris as he does his normal life breaks and as we go forward. A 314-436-7900. Uh, my name is Scott Mosby. If you don't know, I've been on KMOX for quite a while. Uh, Mike Miller uh, has been on longer than me by about a year. So Mike Miller has been on uh, 29, maybe 30 years. And uh, interesting story on how that all, if uh, if we get any time, I'll tell you how I wound up on KMOX and how I came to be the Home Improvement Show host. Uh, right now, let's see what's cooking with the phone lines here. Get right to it and talk to my buddy Jay. Hey, Jay, Scott Mosby. Good afternoon. Welcome to lunch. How can I help? Hey, Scott. First of all, thanks for all your service and your years of giving knowledge to people. And uh, we appreciate it. We're really going to miss you. Thank you. Uh, I've got a big project here. I am trying to uh, got a little nine foot by nine foot room, pretty much full of new Anderson windows, not much walls, but they're all old plaster walls because it's a 90 year old home. So I'm going to stud those walls with two by threes. And then actually make a coffered ceiling up in there. Take the eight-foot ceiling up into a coffered and a skylight. Okay. So first thing is I want to talk to you about today, since you know what the project is, I want to ask you on the walls, what should I do with the walls going up around the windows and then the, next to the uh, plaster here in a town like St. Louis, which is hot and cold? What, which, how should, I, should I space those out or butt them right up next to the plaster? Um, well, here, uh, this is a, that's a big question. That's about 26 chapters in university of Minnesota right there. Um, um, the insulation has to be as close to or one with the plaster. Um, and, and here's kind of the issue. Um, ideally you pull the plaster off the walls, bear the studs, and insulate that wall cavity as well, and here's why. So when the air from the inside of your new room, where you're putting your two-by-threes, as that warm, conditioned air moves toward the outside, the moisture in St. Louis, and our air is loaded with moisture, it's just humid, so the moisture in that wall cavity will condense or turn into water droplets when it hits the first cold surface. So if you have plaster on the exterior is this a full masonry structure before we before i get going is this all is it brick on the outside with plaster directly applied or or something like that 
Are you there? Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He must have potted you down there. Uh, tell me about no, your plastic. Yeah, it's brick all the way through, Scott. It's brick okay. on the outside of the house, and then it's got that uh, hollow brick, you know, in yeah, between yeah. that and then the plaster. Yeah, clay tile. Okay, then uh, you want that insulation as close to or touching the plaster on the inside of that wall. So your two-by-threes, first off, would be right up next to the plaster if you can. Uh, You do have a fire flashing responsibility. So if you get a fire, say you have an electrical outlet, you have some some mishap, you want the top of that two-by-four wall to seal to so you can do fire caulking or fire foam or metal flashing some way. But you need to keep every stud cavity uh, enclosed, if you will, for fire reasons for moisture you ideally you spray foam right on that uh, plaster if you can so the closest you can get to getting insulation next to and and on that foam or on that plaster the better it is does that make sense what so i was far? going yeah what yeah let me ask you this what i was going to do i saw a video when i make my coppered ceiling in between the ceiling joists after i remove all the cross structures you know and reinforce them at the top with plates so they don't collapse, the roof doesn't collapse. I was going to take a an R31 guys to come in and spray that with insulation foam, about an R31 on the ceiling and the rafters. Why don't I just have them go all Amen. the way down and do the walls too? Absolutely. You're already paying. The mobilization costs on those spray insulations are high. So for them to set up and tear down, you're paying a bunch of money. The actual unit costs of doing a little more on the walls pretty affordable you've already paid the big bucks you know so and the more you spray and have especially one monogamous or you know one single type of material then the better off you are so i would most definitely spray those walls too are you telling me i should go out and buy equipment or not hire that done Oh, no, 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 no. I, I'm saying go ahead and hire it done. There, It's harder than it looks. I, I promise you that. So the, then the really good ones make it look easy. Uh, just ha- make sure that you, if you're spraying the ceiling, have them spray the walls, too, because, you know, it, it's like a small job. You know, the first thousand dollars is half setting up and half setting and breaking apart. You know, so if you're just doubling the quantity, then frankly, it doesn't necessarily double your price. You've already paid okay. to set up and tear down. Okay, okay, I'm good on that now. I'll I'll have that done. And I can call your office next week and get names of companies that specialize in that? Yep, yep, yep. Okay, Next, last question. Once I get the studded walls up, do I want to staple in some uh, insulation, like the old-fashioned kind, you know, that you roll out in a roll and staple it in between the studs? Nope, nope. If you're spray foaming, spray foam. Uh, Because having different kinds, uh, if you're, are you going to do a wet, uh, wet blown cellulose or are you going to do an actual foam i was, i don't know I, you tell me i just want to have somebody shoot some insulation up there and have it all stick i don't know yeah yeah uh, uh tell you what one of uh, one of our company i don't usually share things on the air like this but goalie g-o-l-e-y insulation uh, all these uh-huh. questions need to go to them uh and frankly uh we we played havoc for years and years looking for an insulation company that understood this stuff and frankly now they're starting to teach us stuff on the way back so uh they, they understand uh how this works and and the ramifications okay. of your questions so they I'll, they would I'll be call the, them. 
Yeah, yeah. And I ask all the, so the point is, is I'd spray it all. Uh, now that's spending a lot of money. There are situations when you spray this stuff on the outside, seal up all the air, and then you bat out the rest of the thickness to try and save money. But the best job, if you're going to go through all this, um, is to spray it all, frankly. Okay. Last quick question. When you, what, can you explain just a couple of seconds about the firewall thing at the top of the studs? I don't get that. Yeah. Um, fire. Uh, you don't want any air moving from one part of your wall to the other, because what that means is if you have, and, and this is all about the fire code. So the way the fire code uh, uh, is built isn't really to prevent fires, but to contain fires. They can't keep things from catching on fire. They're just trying to slow it down long enough that their response time gets there before your house is ablaze. So any air that escapes from between your two by threes above that top plate. So make sure that top plate seals to the plaster wall on the wall. So a fire in the wall cannot, and I repeat, cannot spread to the attic or your coffer. You see what I mean? Well, I'm making a coffered ceiling, so all my cough, all my ceiling joists are now going to, to make the coffered ceiling, are going to be sitting on top of the walls. Right. So all you have to do is that top plate of the wall seals to the plaster, so your wall and your ceiling don't change air. You see what I mean? So it's pretty simple. We're only talking about, you know, quarter inch thick by, you know, 30 feet or something. You see what I mean? It's not, uh, but your top plate has to be sealed to the plaster so you prevent air from moving from the wall cavity up to the attic. Well, okay. I don't really have an attic above that room. It's just going to be a coffered. It's a single room that's going to yeah. be coffered. So there's well, no attic above it. Well, I mean, you're, it, it, whatever starts in, if a fire starts in your wall, it stays in your wall. It never spreads. That's the objective. That's what the fire code's trying to teach us. Whether you use galvanized sheet metal to nail on top of that plate and and keep in mind, uh, oftentimes when we're framing, we'd frame the walls, and then you've got this really funky, irregular wall. It's like, oh, my gosh, we'll never get that sealed up. We may nail down galvanized steel sheet metal that we scribe to the wall and then caulk it to the plaster because the steel, it's thin, and then your rafters sit on top of that. You nail through it. You're good. You've stopped and contained. You've fire-blocked, if you oh, will. Oh, I understand the, now. You're trying to make me tell me to make like the letter L. A letter yeah. L, so you'd screw it on the top of the new yeah. wall and then bring that over to the plaster wall and come down the little L. You don't even need to come down. You just need to go flat out right against okay. the plaster. Make sure that your air inside the walls doesn't spread because if it's if it if you've got air moving now you've got a chimney and a flue you're going to have a blowtorch in about 12 seconds on in any kind of fire occurrence oh, that happens man. in that wall now i understand exactly what you mean there you go that yeah it's simple when you get it but it's hard to get there i get believe me my learning i understand just bring up bring up bring that bring that metal right over to the wall you know from the top and now no air can go up into the upper part i get it right right or now here's what here's here Here's yeah, galvanized steel works, uh, two by lumber works, or half inch fire uh, code drywall. The problem is fire code drywall won't hold up your rafters. So you, you, this is where you just either you can double plate your top plate and scribe it, which is a little bit hairier. That's why I'm proposing sheet metal because you can trim it. But aluminum does not comply. Aluminum melts and goes away, and it'll uh -huh. just turn. It just drips into liquid quickly. Yeah, I always double my top plates. Yeah, well, if you, this, yeah. yeah, if you can cut that second top plate up there uh, tight to the plaster, 
you're complied right there too. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, just I, might be, just, I might go all the way and just put galvanized after that, just for an extra insurance. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I kind of like it. You know, when I'm do it yourself and I'm a little bit out of my knowledge range, you know, a little more doesn't hurt either. I'm with you. Thanks, buddy. All right, trying to keep you alive here, Jay. <laughs> Thanks. I need it. I appreciate that. So <laughs> right, a lot of other people. <laughs> Thanks, take buddy. Care. Thanks. All Thanks. right. Bye now. Scott Mosby, home home improvement. We'll take a short pause and come right back. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Okie doke, back together here, our two home improvements. Scott Mosby, stay tuned. Billiken basketball after 2 o'clock here, about 2.15 here on KMOX. Good day. 1 p.m., your retirement professionals following this show at 1 o'clock. Uh, let's go talk with my buddy Dan and see what's cooking. Hey, Dan, good afternoon. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help, sir? Hey, good afternoon, Scott. How are you? Fantabulous. Uh, good Saturday here. It, it is. It uh, just got done uh hunting so uh didn't get anything but you know it it is what it is um Uh, i've got a electrical question actually um so i'm having a a a new uh pool put in it's uh in-ground pool they're going to be putting uh you know connecting to my uh uh, breaker and i'm going to be putting a probably a pole barn in uh later on um and i wanted him to uh put go ahead and do the trench and run the, the wiring for my pole barn and, you know, as a temporary service until I build the pole barn. My question is, is the, I guess, the code in, in relation to copper versus aluminum. Uh, do you know, um, you know, can you bury aluminum and it be code? Um, because it's about, you know, what I've been told, it's about a, a quarter of the price of copper right now. Mm. Um well, once you get into, uh, here's the long and the short. Uh, copper's a better conductor. Um, the only reason uh, copper has been fallen out of favor is because aluminum, you have to upsize it one size, but it carries electric pretty well, and you don't have problem. When you get to those great big uh, Allen wrench lugs where you're able to put 100 foot-pounds, I mean, you're able to really screw down those fasteners in a panel or connections. The aluminum is fine. Uh, the only place you get into problems with that is in the city of Chicago in Illinois. There are some um, copper-only places that uh, are required, just kind of old holdovers from history back. Uh, but aluminum is just fine when you're doing heavy wires. Uh, it bends, it turns, it works pretty well. You just need to uh, start it in a panel and finish it in a panel so you're getting big high torque connectors that you can really screw in and connect well. So I wouldn't worry too much about aluminum. Uh, okay. I would. Uh, you. I don't know the code direct on direct burial or conduit that you're going to have to follow the electrician on. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm just not enough of a specialist on that okay and i just didn't know like i said the you know the aluminum i didn't know if there was a certain grade that you have to put in um you know as you're you know being as you're bearing it and you're running because i'm i'm going to be running it probably i'd say maybe 300 300 feet plus um is the length of where i'm you know i've got to bury it so it's a pretty long you know, run, uh, cause I have yeah. to go around my house, um, uh, you know, to do the trench. Um, and so 
I just figured it it uh, be easy for them to do it while they're digging and doing the trench for the pool um, yeah. that they could go ahead and put that in. And I just wanted to see if there was a particular code. But if you're not familiar with the code, that that's fine. I, well, um, it's, just every, every municipality is different. So, Dan, where you know you're, uh, where are you in? In are you in Illinois? I'm, yeah, I'm on the east east side. Um, I'm yeah. in the Godfrey area. Yeah, check with the county, or if you're within a municipality, they will tell you whether you can what's called direct bury. Direct bury. Now it's a special wire, so if you're mm-hmm. buying, you know, two odd or three odd aluminum, um, and it's direct bury, you can. You, it comes with a different insulation covering. It's it's heavier for uh, bending around rocks and such. Uh, okay. But if it's got to be conduit, then you're talking about some. You know, you're talking about some pretty serious big stuff, and you're talking about big equipment to. Pull Pull it 300 feet through a piece of conduit. So right. uh, I suspect where you are, the more rural you are, uh, the less problems you have usually uh, bumping back into that wire with any other future work. So usually okay. in rural areas, direct bury is is allowed, but the municipality or county will tell you, and some of it depends on how big the wire is too. All right. I'll ask the inspector, I guess, for the county and see what the code is for us. Then. Yeah. Or the electrician, if you're having them, I would have this conversation with the electrician pretty quick because you may need a sub-panel, or it may be better off to do it. If you're doing an in-ground pool, you're going to have several circuits, so I would have a sub-panel for that. You might need a bigger sub-panel and then conduit out to your uh, pole barn in the future, or at least a breaker set up in that sub-panel where you can choose then maybe later to trench it and wire it later if you want, but the panel's already, you don't have to tear apart what the pool guys just put in okay yeah i i was uh i got a electrician that i i golf with and he said yeah. that he, he's the one that gave me the idea of the aluminum of, because of the price yeah so, well he'll know he'll know yeah okay all righty that's all i need to know thank you very much i appreciate uh, the time all right dan good luck friend bye all right you too thank you god bless god bless you too uh Bye-bye. and and thinking ahead as dan is um never hurts even if the answer is no you 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 know so i mean uh, the only question that's not the the only dumb question is the one that not asked i know that sounds strange Uh, it's like well i don't want to sound ask any dumb questions that's that's what questions are inherently they're from coming from a place of trying to find out more information so don't ever be afraid of asking somebody especially if you've got an electrician friend like that like tell me what i need to do tell me what to think ahead and uh think you know measure twice cut once you know that's i'm an old carpenter uh let's see what else we've got here who's been waiting a long time let's talk to harold hey harold scott mosby good afternoon how can i help my friend uh, Scott, thanks for taking my call. First time caller, long time listener. <laughs> All right, welcome, brother. Uh, Scott, what I'm calling about is that I have a a Kohler toilet bowl, and on the one side, it seems after it's clean, and after a few days, I start to get like a little black streak. I know that you've always talked to uh, and recommended putting vinegar in the bowl. And I do that, and that really makes it slick and cleans it up. Could I put that same uh, vinegar in the water reservoir in case there's some uh, residue up at the top of the bowl? 
Uh, yes, you can, but the vinegar really messes with your rubber and all that other stuff yeah. in there, too. So the yeah. answer is yes, you can, and no, you shouldn't. Good thinking, though. Uh, but that, uh, and, and that's really where that, uh, especially in Illinois, the harder your water is, the more you're going to have this residue line where the water and the air meet. And right there, it dries out just a little bit, leaves a little bit of residue there. And so there's a little lime deposit, and that's what's getting dirty in that toilet bowl. So it's not that, you know, it, it just, it you're leaving sand on the on the side of the toilet bowl that's getting dirty and you can't scrub it out so it's easier to just vinegar wash that whole thing off okay thank you very much i really appreciate it uh, i didn't think that i would be wise in, in putting vinegar in there with with those uh rubber grommets and that that they have for the toilet flush so i will yeah. just pay attention and clean it out and do some more vinegar up there at the top yeah, yeah. Now I scrub it when I when I put vinegar in. I oh, let yeah. the stuff and and I put the toilet brush around. So I don't use I don't I don't go easy on the toilet brush. When I put vinegar on, you know I treat it like I'm scrubbing the toilet bowl. I'm just doing it with vinegar. So I okay. get at it. Okay, I will do that. Thank you very All right. much. All right, Harold. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. We are rolling down the mighty Mississippi today. Uh, Let's take a short pause and come back for more on KMOX. I'm at your service here on KMOX. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, it is. Saturday afternoon, KMOX St. Louis, uh, fall time. We are heading into, in the midst of the holidays, heading into the high holidays, coming around here soon. Phone lines for KMOX here, 314-436-7900. My day job is Mosby Building Arts, own Mosby Building Arts. We were founded in 1947 by my father. We're now in the third generation. And very proud of the people that I work with and uh, honored to uh, be able to do what I do and uh, grateful for the parts that they do as well. Uh, let's see what's cooking with my friend Tom. Hey, Tom, good afternoon. How can I help you this fine day? Yeah, hey, Scott, Tom, Scott Mosby you, here. How can yeah. I help? Yeah. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, sir. You hear me? Yep, okay. You're uh, on. I, I think uh, you had a similar question oh, 20 minutes ago. Uh-huh. But my house is uh, was built in 58. It's solid masonry. Exterior is brick. Then there's a one-inch airspace and then eight-inch concrete block. And then the concrete block is plastered. And I was thinking about having someone uh, spray foam insulation in that one-inch airspace. So is that going to create a condensation problem? No, it would be great from an insulation standpoint. It's, uh, frankly, a really good thing. I, I lived in a house built about the same time, uh, so I know exactly what you're talking about. There isn't a really good way to do that because it, to spray um, a one-inch uh, cavity like that, the lines have to be pretty small. Uh, access to them is difficult, so you kind of have to take off a baseboard. You, you, so you, you need a hole in the bottom and the top when you're putting insulation inside of a wall cavity. So a one-inch cavity is so skinny, so scant, that it's kind of tough to do. Um, oh. 
I, if I did anybody, I'd call the goalie company, Goalie Insulation, and ask them that question. But I think it's kind of, yes, you can. It'll be a fortune, and the cost of it will far exceed <laughs> the benefit. You know, so, you know, uh, yes, you can and probably wouldn't. Okay, okay. Well, I was thinking you could uh, get to that airspace from the attic. Yeah, you can the problem is, is you're down where your roof sh- uh, rafters come down to your ceiling, Joyce, so you're crawling over a plaster ceiling down into very limited access trying to get, you know, a hose down in a cavity there. So I, I've well, lived in that house. Has, my house has three-foot peeves, uh, I guess they're called. Oh, the yeah. I see. Yeah. I have, it's, this house has a huge uh, overhang. Overhang. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. It's it's three feet. I mean, I've crawled back in there, and I can see down in there. Oh well, just, maybe this is possible. Oh yeah, but you're saying it's not worth it. Probably well, worth if it. the access is that good, maybe you can. Uh, I would ask uh, your outside. I'm a good generalist. I know a little about a lot. Uh, that one, I would <laughs> call my buddies and find out, you know, what the real skinny is on on. Uh, okay, it's the, called goalie. G O L E Y, yep, oh. right. No. Only it's G O L E Y. It's yeah. I ought to be yeah. Cam Wex is gonna come back and say you're advertising for gold. I'm not getting compensated by this. This is just somebody I know that knows yeah. the uh, the physics okay. behind all this. Are they in St. Louis area? I don't yeah, live the, that close to St. Louis. I'm yeah, they're right down miles from the arch. Yeah, no worries. They're in Illinois. They're down by JB Bridge, um, and they they're used to traveling. They, you know, have insulation. Will travel. Okay, okay. I'll give them a call. G O E L Y. G O L E Y. G O L. Like golly. Like Gomer Pagali. Goli. That's similar to my last name. Is it really? Thank you, Scott. Thank you. All right, Tom. Take care. Bye now. So we're getting into a lot of insulation here. I promise you I'm not uh, compensated uh, for all of this. It's just a company that uh, understands the physics and the weather uh, building science of all of this stuff because, frankly, you can, by trying to insulate and limit, when you're trying to fool Mother Nature, you can get into a whole lot of trouble. And uh, one of the examples is years ago when we started with uh, EFIS, you might know a drive it system, D-R-Y-V-I-T, drive it exterior uh, stucco system. Uh, we started out trying to seal everything up. Well, we were trapping moisture inside the wall cavities. So now drive it came up with a very good wall drainage system so that the moisture can escape. But in the first few years, you know, it being smarter and better, trying to be outsmart mother nature, we caused some real havoc. Uh, let's go talk with my buddy, Larry. Hey, Larry, good afternoon. Welcome to CamWax. How can I help today? Good afternoon. At the end of the last hour, gentleman had his A-coil freezing up. Yeah. I had a similar situation, but it was intermittent. And what mine was involved, the the capacitor Ooh. for my outside fan was failing intermittently. And um, I replaced that, you know, because the outside fan would run intermittently. And um, it froze up the inside coil. So uh, I replaced the capacitor, and that took care of it. So that would be another reason it would freeze up. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's easier to fix than... Uh... Uh, I had one of those fry out on me this summer, so I know about capacitors, but I didn't realize it would cause that. Thank you, Larry. Uh-huh. 
Have a good day. Right. right. Thank you so much. little help from our friends there. So uh, we were talking about that earlier in hour one. So anyway, uh, if your air conditioner is not working, uh, one thing I did want to intersperse in there, by the way, if you are having air conditioning work, uh, be prepared for them to say, we'll come back and you in the spring because they need an ambient air temperature somewhere around 70 degrees for all the you know gauges to work out so uh, oftentimes uh, we have units put in and they say look we'll be back in the spring we'll charge and set up the air conditioner when we do room additions and second floors and things like that when we're changing ac uh, because they can't really you know they they can't get the gases adjusted if the temperature range isn't similar to an air conditioning time. That's an oversimplification, but anyway, true more than not. Uh, let's see what's happened with my buddy Bob. Hey Bob, good afternoon. Welcome to Camwex. How can I help? Yeah, hi Scott. Uh, congratulations on your semi-retirement. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> but no matter what, who fills in, uh, it's going to be a loss to your local listeners, and because uh, you're a local hero and. In my eyes, bigger than any sports stars, because um, it's more relatable, and and um, those are big shoes to fill. And we've been lucky and to have you, and hopefully you'll keep coming back to us. Oh yeah, I'm still part of the family, Bob. You can't get rid of me that easy. <laughs> uh, well, we 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 hope you like a boomerang. You'll just keep coming back, and maybe you'll stay too, and and we'll just have additions in addition, you know. You just, yeah. you know, knowledge is just, um, you know, it's sad. You know, I've just seen that with my father and, and, you know, and you've seen that with your father, you know, it just, you lose, it just disappears, you know, it's, and, um, yeah, it's tough. So, but, um, anyway, before I get sentimental on you, um, I have an old <laughs> house, um, 1948, um, with two wire and, um, and mostly 20 amp circuits. And I've heard, you know, over the years that GFCIs are acceptable per code, and I've put a lot of those in um, to not have to rewire the house, you know, for the ground. And right. and um, my question is, uh, if you can answer, uh, do you need 20-amp uh, GFCIs on all the outlets or just one on the chain of the receptacles, like in the wet areas on the circuit? And do they need to be arc fault protected, or would it be better used? 15 amp GFCIs. Uh, it's it's downline, so the circuit needs to be GFCI protected. You don't have to have every outlet. So just you know, you might have your upline first outlet or device that would be your GFCI, and then you'd have the same protection all the way downline from that. So you don't have to put if you have four outlets and the first one that that comes from the panel, that's the one that hits the GFCI or arc fault. Either way. Um, so they, I'm not sure whether both comply with that, but I do know even on a grounded system, we're putting arc fault protectors in bedrooms now by building code. Cause I think they're putting arc fault in the, in the box now, aren't they? Or, but I'm thinking if I have to, if it's, since it's two wire and I'm yeah. putting GFCI or could I just, yeah, I guess I you could can just ch- put all GFCI in the box as well, I guess too. Uh, yeah, the, be careful um, with that because I know the ground fault uh, can take up two poles position. They don't really connect with two poles, mm-hmm. but they're double wide uh, circuits on some. So I don't know whether the GFCIs are uh, single wide or double wide for a 20. So just be aware uh, that you have to – you're out – now you're outrunning my generalist knowledge one more time. Yeah, well, no, yeah. but the first one on the circuit with the GFCI. Yeah. 
and in 20, would I use a 20 amp or would I be better off doing a 50 amp so it would trip quicker or, or does it matter? No, you match the um, wire size. So if you've got 14 yeah. gauge wire, it's a 15 GFCI, 15 amp, whatever, arc fault or GFCI. If you have a number 12 or bigger, you go a 20 amp and, and all of that is based on, you know, copper wire size. So, so you have to exactly match amp, the wire. Yeah, you don't want a bigger breaker. Amp, if it's a 20 amp breaker, but it's got, you got to make sure match the wire though. Absolutely. Those breakers okay. are sized by the wire. You can't over, you can undersize them, but you don't want to do it. Basically, um, the next guy that follows you up has a reasonable uh, expectation that you followed the building code and did it right. So that's why things may not be quite so required, but so the next guy can count on a decent panel and pre-work. That's why the building code requires certain things. It's like, you know, even if you kind of make it work, uh, you're kind of misleading the next electrician that comes in. So you're better off, whatever size wire is, that's the, use the appropriate breaker for that or, or GFCI. Would it, would it be overdoing it by putting them on all the, all the outlets or would it, cause the outlets don't have the third prong since they don't have the ground wire. So they have to be replaced anyway. Would that be overdoing it or would that? No, it's just a be better, better coverage, up? you know, just a better safety issue on that. So I mean, no you're over. No. Yeah, no harm. My point is, is don't put a 30 on a 20 amp and don't put a 20 amp on a, on a 15 amp wire. So make sure you match the wire. Uh, but if you put all your circuits with GFCIs or all your circuits with arc fault, that's not a bad thing. You can do that. It's just an improvement. Okay. Well, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah, sir. You're my, you're my, <laughs> I'll, I'll take you as a, uh, a sports over a sports hero any day, Scott. <laughs> well, but all the electricians in the audience are rolling their eyes saying this guy has no idea what he's talking about. He's over his head. So I, I confess you're right, brothers. You know, I'm over no, my I'm head. I'm going to do it in tandem with, you know, with, with electric, you know, but Perfect. I'm just yeah. trying to get, you know, trying to feel my, you know, just so I can talk intelligently with the, you know, yeah. with the electrician. So, um, yeah. but, and, you know, and do some of the things that are kind of, that, you know, it's not electricians, some of the stuff, you know, let them do the real, the real stuff, you know, sure, <laughs> like the sure. box and all that stuff. And so, but um, anyway, no, I appreciate your help and I right. uh, look forward to hearing you down the road. So <laughs> thanks, Bob. Take care. All right. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby. Stay tuned. Uh, 215 Billiken Basketball right here on KMOX. One o'clock, your retirement professionals. Right now, we're going to take a short pause. I'm going to take inhale a little bit, and we're going to take a short pause. Be right back. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, Scott Mosby, wrapping up Hour 2 here. We have news, weather, and sports coming up the top of the hour. Your retirement professionals next. 215 Billiken Basketball right here on KMOX. Next up, let's talk with Nancy. Hey, Nancy, good afternoon. How can I help? Hi, Scott. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. I'm a senior, and I'm uh-huh. living in a two-story house, and I'm starting to not be able to hear the doorbell when I'm in the back part of the house. So I understand that there's a way to put a ringer up 
on the second floor um, so I could be able to hear it better. Could that? Do I have to hire an electrician for that, Scott, or can I talented handyman do that? Um, well, uh, to do it the way uh, is typically done, it's running a wire up to the second floor. That's a problem, and access, is, you kind of have to be a magician to get that right. Uh, here's the next thing. There are, uh, do you have Wi-Fi, a wireless uh, community? Do you have a Wi-Fi router in your house? Do you have email and all that? No, I do not. Yeah, that's that That gets easy if you have um, a wireless um, a network like Wi-Fi available, then all those things don't need wires. They talk to each other kind of over, you know, Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. So there is a way to do it. But if if you're not fluent in that language of computers and stuff, it's all kind of a mess. You'd be better okay. off just having a, a wire run for that. Uh, well, sometimes a, there's a cold air return on the second floor that seems to be in the close proximity of the doorbell downstairs. Yeah, well, it could be the chase for that area might work out. I think you're looking for an electrician because they're into these kind of issues all the time. They know they know how to pull the rabbit out of the hat to make wire get to where it doesn't want to go. <laughs> yeah, a relative of mine just bought a home, and uh, evidently during the construction, they made that uh, arrangement for the doorbell to ring in two different places up on the second floor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that when you're building a new house or remodeling, it's easy to do it. Uh, but I, it'll be a little bit pricey, but I think you're going to need uh, an electrician to help you with this one. Even though it's low volt, it, the electrical is very, very easy, but running the wire and get it there is kind of Ph.D. level. Okay, right Scott, thank you for your advice. Okay, take care. Thanks, Nancy. Bye-bye. Bye now. Uh, let's see what's happening with my buddy Robert. Hey, Robert, good afternoon, sir. How can I help you? Hello, Scott. Hi. I have a question for you. I have a three-bedroom ranch, and for one reason or another, one of the bedrooms during the summertime, it's like it doesn't get cold, and in the wintertime, it doesn't get hot. Yeah. I thought maybe maybe the windows needed seals, or I made sure that stuff is coming out, which it is. Maybe it's not full force. What could do yeah. that? Well, you're probably the furthest dish, uh, distance away from the furnace or by the ductwork run. So think of the furnace as the heart in the body, just like the heart, it pumps all the blood. Um, and then the further distance that that bedroom is, the they don't typically upsize on the older houses, the, uh, the ductwork. So when you're furthest from where the heart is, the blood just doesn't get there with the same same way with the heat and the cooling on your on your uh, air conditioning as well. So I think it's a ductwork issue uh, that you may be able to have an, an elect or a heating cooling company put in a booster fan, um, or you can adjust the registers in the rest of the house to choke off so you actually close the other registers and force the flow into that bedroom. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, it's a balancing issue. That this is a it's a lot harder to do than my simple words suggest right there. But if you've got so much, say you've got um, an elect a uh, register and it's get a it's getting a hundred cubic feet per minute. I'm just pulling a number out that you know, and all those are getting a hundred. The one furthest away is actually just as open, but it's only getting seventy cubic feet, you know, less. So then you close down the ones that are nearer to the furnace 
and it pushes the CFM up higher when you're further away. So that's kind of the ticket and what I'm suggesting there. Uh, Thank you very much. You have a great day. Thanks, Robert. You too. Uh, Let's see what's happening with Chris. Hey, Chris, I've got about a minute. How can I help? Yes, I had a comment about the lady that called in about the doorbell. Yeah. Yeah, please. And uh, they sell a battery-operated wireless doorbell, uh, you know, and chime that you can install without needing Wi-Fi. Ooh, Chris, I didn't know that. Thank you. Now, I'm not 100% sure if the distance between the doorbell and the chime will make it upstairs. I don't know how, you know, but I've wired them, or not wired, but I've installed them uh, for on first floor units for sure toward the middle of the house. So maybe it, it can reach upstairs. Is it Bluetooth or how does it connect from one to the other? It's uh, self-contained. There's batteries in the doorbell switch and there are batteries in the chime and it is wireless and it communicates to itself without the Wi-Fi. All right. Hey, Nancy, if you're listening, Chris has an option for you there. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good day, sir. All right, Chris. Thanks. Bye now. All right. Uh, Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. Folks, I've enjoyed our two hours together. I'll be back next week. So, you know, try as you may. I just keep turning up kind of like an old bad pen. No, I truly, I, I enjoy. I look forward to my Saturdays, uh, and I'll see you next Saturday here on KMWX. Keep in mind, 2.15 today, Billiken's basketball right here on KMWX. 1 o'clock, uh, just a few minutes from now, news, weather, and sports on the other side. Your retirement professionals coming up on KMOX. See you next week, folks.